You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. I'm a little red-faced tonight. That's because you've been out in the the Sahara Desert. That it feels is... like it. Oh, my gosh. When what? is this heat? It's going to stop. Man, October, the reason we have ACL and Formula One at the end of the year is because the temperature goes down. Everybody complained. I keep telling Formula One, if they keep backing it up further into October, they're going to have a meltdown because it was an insane heat out of Coda today. Ah, I can't believe it. I mean, and same with ACL. I mean, I feel for them because, I oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> all those 16-year-olds, pass it out. Yeah, they're now saying it's a cold front. It's going to be in the 70s tomorrow. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to laugh when it's 90 for the high tomorrow because it's going to go from I might go to... outside finally. <laughs> uh, hey, this is John Massengill. That's Jonathan Green. Les Kaiser is off this weekend. Give us a call tonight. How if you do wanna... you get a day off on? Speed uh, you, you just apparently you just <laughs> don't <laughs> show up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll work on that one. You just don't show up. Okay, give us a call tonight. Five one two six four three live. Five one two. We'll teach you how not to show up. <laughs> yeah, six, five one two six four three five four eight three tonight. No, I'm not Gene. I'm Gunter. <laughs> <laughs> Gunter. No, yeah, he's gone to he's gone to apologize to Gunter for calling him Gene. Yeah. Lindsey Vaughn coming by American Spear. Yeah. Hey, well, he got that right. Or maybe he's gone back to Monaco. Who knows? He's probably in Monaco now with Lindsey. <laughs> well, she's uh, not, she, I don't think she's got a boyfriend anymore. Well, yeah. I don't know how Les's wife would feel about that. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. she is Lindsay Vaughn. She probably... I, I don't know. I was going to say. I mean, you know. The, she might. The... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going straight to hell for that one. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk some motorsports oh, tonight. Yes. <laughs> we're going to talk uh, some Formula One, some MotoGP. I want to talk about the eighth wonder of the world. Ah, uh, Yes, we are. We're going to talk about Mark Marquez. And we're going to talk a little uh, Trans Am tonight. Heck yeah. That's what was going on at Coda. A little SVRA. Uh, shoot, man, we're going to go all up and down the... Uh, I'm thinking what else we got. But... And we got uh, an interview with the champion of uh, yeah. Trans Am, which Trans is Am. good. And we've also got... I want to introduce uh, the, uh, one of the rookies of Trans Am. She's a badass, and we'll talk about her too. I got to take my oldest son. I say take. We, he went with me. He took you, old man. That's really the case, because he is now... You know, I, as of a couple of years ago, got the car bug full on, like full on. So the 20 years you invested into his room with pictures and I know. None of it, toys. and <laughs> None of it took effect till he moved out. And then all of a sudden he's yeah. the world's biggest car guy. Well, but, it's his idea, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, he and I spent uh, the weekend uh, today, the whole day out at Coda for SVRA, looking at all the eye candy. Just amazing. I have to say, I really do enjoy that event. And in fact, I think the, the Coda staff enjoy that event a little bit because it is laid back. Yeah. Um, there are over there were over 330 vintage cars there. I spoke How to. How many paddocks were there? <laughs> yeah. You couldn't three come up three, with that. Is that three and a half? <laughs> yeah. But uh, Tony Perella, who runs SVRA, I had a nice chat with him, and uh, yeah, what a what a what an organization it is! It's quite stunning, and it's beautiful because there's like ten different groups of vintage cars, and those guys hoon around. I saw a completely crushed Corvette. Oh, uh, we've had a few a few yellow flags that, where cars either broke down or crashed out. You know, they're they they're, they're hooning around, and it's a lot of fun to be there. It was just a bit hot today, but um, yeah, it's a great event. Yeah, the, the SVRA, Sports Car Vintage Racing Association, Trans Am was kind of the... I don't know which one was the marquee. I'm assuming Trans Am, right? I mean, um, 
Yes, um, but but doesn't no. really matter. It's it's just... No, they're so different. I mean, Trans Am is the oldest uh, continuous motorsport in America, fifty-three years old, and that's a great age to be. <laughs> but um, no, it's 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 got steep. Older than NASCAR. Yes. Huh. And it's continuous, and uh, yeah, it's gone through its ups and downs. It's not what it was back in the seventies of you know where it was the motorsport, um, but it still has a, a, a I think um, a real intrigue to it because it's still relevant it's still got the grand marquees uh, marks of uh, yeah. ford and chevrolet and dodge and so on uh, and it's still pure racing no abs yep um no you know trick bits no sequential gearboxes yep. it's just out and out muscle car racing and you know it when you no see it no stability control no <laughs> it's proper racing yeah and i love the classes you know cuz I, I know there's the unlimited one the ta and then there's ta2 which is Correct, kind of their which big is limited to 550 yeah. yeah 550 horsepower but uh and then you've got sgt which came we 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 went from ta3 and ta4 this year to calling it sgt which makes more sense which is super gt um and then gt you know what my favorite part was? It was standing on the bridge out there, the, the screaming noise the Mustang. Of, of all of the cars. Yeah, you yeah. know, every, I mean, you could tell the difference between every single car coming down. <laughs> yes, it's not that. It's not. I had this, I had this same conversation with my cameraman today. That's, uh, let me I was pause. Saying, Casey, that was the best use of that sound ever. <laughs> because it's the antithesis I, of I'm what I'm going to record you some Trans Am, buddy. I'm yeah. going to bring it in. But that's the thing. I mean, you know, you listen to one sound of that electric and you think, oh, man, that's not it. That's not racing. I know. But the sound of those cars, I mean, they were ear splitting. You kind yeah. of forget. And fire flaming. Fire flaming, ear splitting, drama inducing. That's fun. another thing my, my cameraman Logan, he goes, lots of fire in that shot. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm yeah, talking listen, about. Wait. Yeah. Now, now play the electric. <laughs> Contrast that with... Yeah. Which one do you want, folks? Call us on 512-643-5483. One that reminds we'll you... We'll decide. Reminds you of going to the dentist or one that reminds <laughs> yeah. you of your youth? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, it was, uh, But it was a blast this weekend. You're right. This is one of my favorites. And, and every, every kind of car, though. You know, there was GT40s there, yep. original yep. GT40s with racing history. And you know what? There was a really good single-seater class, which had a lot of F4 and pre-road to Indy cars. That, I mean, I was talking to one guy, and it was like 2003, which doesn't seem that far back, but, you know, that's an old car now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially the way the automotive industry is moving right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the cars of five years ago compared to now. I mean, look at this horsepower war we're in right now. Mm. I mean, it's getting to be... Where fast cars, it's, you're not, they're not even focusing on the horsepower because we've gone way beyond what you can really use on the street, right? How much more, how much more, how much more, but, uh, but the technology. So, yeah, a car that's five years old is, a, is a dramatically different from a brand-new road car. Hey, so. we're a few weeks out, man. Formula One, it's coming I to know. town. I know. Speaking Santa of, Claus is yeah. coming. You know what? That's about right for us. It is. But yeah, speaking of Coda, we are what? How many days now? So we're just inside 30 days because it's November 3rd, and the United States Grand Prix coming back since now 2012. When you say it's November 3rd, that was Thursday. I know you're living in the past, but. Uh, well, yeah. No, I'm saying November oh, 3rd oh, is. Oh, October 3rd. Three, three days ago was October 3rd, which is exactly 30 yeah, days. So exactly. we're just inside 30 days coming to Coda. So, I mean, I mean, what do we think about the evolution? I, I did hear from a local ticket vendor. 
The tickets yes, are yeah. very strong. In and fact, he I doesn't really. He doesn't. He emailed me just to tell me that, and, mm. and he doesn't normally. No, and I was I was talking to sales at Coda the other day, and they said that that there's a buzz in the air because they, the ticket sales are up now. Uh, Imagine Dragons and Pink uh, are yeah, a but, big part of that, but, but but that's not Taylor Swift, Justin no, Timberlake. Not. So no. I, I love the fact that it's not because of just, you know yeah. Taylor Swift. And but, I actually said to the sales guys, "What do you think it is?" And they said, "It's just been a particularly good season," and it's true. It has been a good Formula One season ever since Paul Ricard. Ever since then, and Charles Leclerc. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yep. I mean, but but think about it. The well, last... the first half was all Mercedes, and then the last second half—that's something we else we should talk about—is what happened to Mercedes. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, we will. We're going to talk what happened to Mercedes. We're going to talk about Ferrari last weekend. What Ugh. all these insane decisions that they made. Uh, but yeah, I think that you're right. I mean, as far as Coda's concerned, the season couldn't have turned at a better moment because yeah. it turned and then it's leading up to Austin. Who knows? I mean, we could get a championship decided here, but um, true. I, that's not necessarily what I want. I mean, it could be a good thing for Austin, I suppose. So I'm not going to argue. Well, with that. it's also interesting. It's back to back with Mexico, which is good and bad. Um, but it means we've got a real concentration over two weeks here, here at the same time, midday or, you know, over the afternoon of a Sunday where people can focus on Formula One back to back. I've got a question for you. You've been with the traveling circus as a pit reporter for ESPN a, a little while back. <laughs> um, talk about the leading up to a race. We got back-to-back races like this, being able to come into town early because that's probably what'll happen. Yeah, of course. Yeah. They're going to be in Mexico a week before they come to Austin. Yeah. And I think because everybody loves coming to Austin, I think without all due respect, Mexico is great too, but, but I think people will come Sunday night, Monday morning. Um, I'm taking a a trip to um, NASA on Tuesday. Uh, We've got our event Wednesday uh, with the F4 boys. We're going to do an eSports event. Um, But yeah, I think this will be a full-on week of Formula One potential. Um, And I think you're right. I think there'll be a lot of guys coming in early, a lot of journalists coming in early, um, getting their feet under the table, so to speak. Uh, And it might lead to more stories and more buzz. I hope the TV companies and the radio stations get more uh, involved this time. Um, But I do think there is a buzz, no, no question. And hopefully... The temperature will go down. Oh, God. <laughs> if the temperature doesn't go down by then, I don't know. I don't know what the heck's going to happen. But yeah, no, it's got to. It'll be the temperature will be fine by then. So e, the rallycross guys hot. were complaining too last weekend. It was hot then. Well, it may be hot, but it won't be Africa hot like it has been. So yeah, it'll, it it will be better for sure. But well, let's talk a little Formula One. I okay. mean, let's. What do you want to? I'm thinking Ferrari because yeah, let's, let's do with that. that. Yeah. Because last week the the really Ferrari. Ended up not winning. There's so much to this with Ferrari, with strategy and the way they treated the drivers. But well, let, let, they, go on. I was just going to say the the one to me was when they told Vettel he had a his power unit went out and he they said they said pull over right then. And I was thinking, well, they're handing the race to Mercedes by doing that. Yeah, but you thought about that. They were thinking of something completely different. They yes. they didn't think they it, they what they should have done is spend a lap or at least. Maybe another 60 seconds. But the decision was knee-jerk. Oh, our MGU's gone. If we keep going on uh, and the temperatures keep rising, we could lose an engine, which could kill any chance we've got of competing for the right, you know, that. I guarantee you that was part of it. But the story that they're saying, which is the right way, and that is they were saying it was a safety issue for Sebastian Vettel. As in? As in maybe it catches fire or something. They just quoted. I wish you would. A, a, <laughs> I, I yeah. mean, you know, emotionally. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it, they're saying it was a safety issue, and there's uh, there's a story on And there sport. is, I'm sure, there's some veracity to that. Uh, and, and, of course, you know, given a bit of thought, Ferrari obviously weren't doing it 
because they thought, oh, hey, if we do this, we'll give Hamilton time. And, you know, it, they got unlucky. That's what yeah. I, that's how I interpret that. And they made a decision on the hoof, which is what you got to do. You have split yep. seconds to do it. Uh, and, and in this case, it was unfortunate. But uh, hasn't that been Ferrari? They make the wrong, on the hoof, as you put it, on the, yeah. in the moment, they got to make a decision right there. And, now you go to the bigger issue. Yeah, but let me read this for, right. uh, because Ferrari, uh, Benato says, it said, we had a problem on the hybrid side of the power unit. He says, we had a loss of insulation in the car, and for safety well, reasons, it, we had to stop immediately. He said, now, and that's it's a shame enough. because 100 meters later, we had the pit lane, but the safest action we could do for Vettel was safety is first and stop the car. And, 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 yeah. and I don't know whether that's PR speak uh, or, if, if it, or if it's a genuine insulation problem and there is a fear that it could lead to potentially a catastrophic failure or a fire of some sort. Absolutely. You've got to stop the car immediately. And and, and we we were there. I mean, and, and, and he did. He did exactly that. But we all looked up and went, well, hang on a minute. He's only a couple of corners off the, the pits. And to, to preserve the win for Leclerc. Would have absolutely, you know, I say, you know, probably 90% chance Leclerc would have, would have won the race. And they got unlucky. Your buddy, Mark Priestley, I thought was interesting when he said that one of the reasons may be. My buddy. Well, uh, he is your buddy. I, I'm a fan. of. I, yeah. Well, you're a fan. You're a fanboy, um, but he but he's good. He's very good, and he yeah. was saying that one of the reasons he just pitted. Remember, so temperature. Yes. That's the time the temperatures go up and down. If you've got constant wind and constant aerodynamics over the car, it can keep at the temperature you want it to be. But once you're in the pits, uh, even if it's a long pit stop or a short pit stop, uh, and the temperature changes, that's when you get fluctuations, uh, and that's when the, the problems start. So they got unlucky, but. Let's go to the bigger problem. Let's go to a break first, and then we're going to go to the bigger problem. Right, we let's have a go problem. To a break first. We need to go to a break, but I want to hear what you're saying about Ferrari and all the decisions they've been making. Is Geico in our break? <laughs> do we have Geico as a sponsor now? <laughs> no, but I, I can do a voice like a lizard. <laughs> all right, you're listening to Speed City live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dayaneese leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Talk 1370, the right choice. Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. BBC F1, as a reminder, we do a Formula One pre-race show live and a Formula One post-race show live every Formula One weekend across the USA and go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, to find out how to listen to that. And they also play the BBC's qualifying. So if you miss qualifying on ESPN, you can listen on the radio. On the radio. If you're ever in the car, especially, and you've got a a certain kind of radio, go to our website. (laughs) God, you're cryptic. (laughs) Speedcitybroadcast.com. You're getting serious tonight, (laughs) I am getting serious. We're going to call her. We're going to call her. All right, well, (laughs) Hold the fort. Hold the fort. Hold the phone. Hold the fort. All right, we have somebody from Austin. we got Mike from Austin. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, what's happening, guys? Love the show. Ah, Thank you, sir. What's going on? Not much. Just uh, I'm super excited about uh, the Formula One coming to Austin, and uh, I'm really uh, I'm I'm really looking at getting in that turn 12 through 15 exchange. I just love that section of the track. Well, where would you sit? He just said 12 or 15. Uh, oh, but that's, the, a, that's a big area. Oh, that's okay. the whole in the Coda Club or the yeah. Um, you know, I like to move around too, but uh, that's where I like to camp out. That's where my base is. I like the top. But I like to go to. Yeah, I like the top of fifteen. If it's not too hot, uh, right at the top mm-hmm. there, because you can look over the back and you can see turn one, and you can also see the mm-hmm. S's and and watch them mm-hmm. dive over ten, have, and then look down and, and watch them come into the stadium. Have you noticed how over the years? Coda and everybody's figured that out. Those tickets, are, I know. they get a little more expensive at the top of turn 15 every year. So everyone's figured that out, including Coda. That's all right. They, they should be charging more for those. Hey, uh, so Mike, did you, uh, did you get out to Coda this weekend? It was awesome out there. You know, I, I, I had, uh, I had uh, ACL this weekend. Oh, right. so yeah. I, I did make it out there. Yep, yep. But um, I, I agree the heat is, is kind of brutal right now. But <laughs> I, I'm sure it will cool down. Uh, but before the race, hopefully the rain will stay away and we'll have a nice dry weekend for uh, for F1. Well, two questions. Who's your favorite brand at Band and who's your favorite Formula One team? <laughs> well, I'm I'm excited about seeing uh, Imagine Dragons on yeah. Saturday. And I know uh, um, they're, they're awesome. I've seen them there at Coda at Austin 360 Amphitheater. And it was it was on fire. It was <laughs> going off in the middle of summer. Cool. And it was uh, it was nice. But um, I'm, I'm definitely uh, rooting for, uh, you know, I used to be uh, kind of a, a, a Red Bull and Sebastian Vettel, but, uh, but now, and, you know, with all the success of uh, Mercedes and, and all that, I'm, I'm kind of going for Ferrari, you know. I'm kind of uh, rooting for some, uh, some other teams. Yeah. Well, okay, let me, let me mix both of those. What has happened mm-hmm. to the ex-four-time uh, world champion from Red Bull? Now at Ferrari, is Vettel not the man he used to be, or is he going through a bad patch? Uh, he's just—he just doesn't seem to be the sort of invincible Vettel of of, of the past. You know, God, you know, I, I was putting so much of it on the car. Um, you know, Lewis Hamilton is great, great driver, super great, but um, 
I was putting so much uh, of their success uh, yeah. on the car, and and uh, and 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 just like Vettel had it with uh, when with Infinity and and the Red Bull during his run, you know. So I don't I don't think it's him, but but drivers do get into slumps, you know, just like any athlete. But, I I still think that it's a mental thing with Vettel because he, you mm-hmm. you've seen he can still be crazy fast, right? So I, I don't mm-hmm. feel like it's a loss of skill. He's not that old yet, but like when he made the the mistake two weeks ago, when he he, not, he spun off the track and then immediately drove right back on, so his mind was just completely out of whack. He knew that he made a mistake and he drove right on the track. I mean, I, I just I think it's a mental thing with Vettel. That's what it feels like. It doesn't feel like he's just gotten older and lost his skill set. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah, that's something to think about. Hey, Mike, sure. I, I want to ask you: Were you mm-hmm. a big? You are. You, how long have you lived in Austin? Uh, Fifteen years. Wow. So, were you a Formula One fan before you moved here? Actually, I was not. I uh, I became for uh, the very first year. I started following it. Um, my brother races drag strip racing, you uh-huh. know, just amateur style. But, yep. um, but because uh, so I've always been a little bit of a, you know, motorhead, gearhead a little bit. But um, I never followed the Formula One as closely as I have, in, in since it has been here in Austin. I was so excited when it first came, and and uh, I've been doing it every year since. So. Well, how about uh, I don't? Uh, you say you, you're still looking for tickets. I don't have any turn twelve or fifteen, yeah. but I got a couple of general admission tickets with your name on them. If you want them, oh, God bless you, yes, sir. Ah. I'd take them in a heartbeat. <laughs> awesome. I, I got a family of four to feed. <laughs> ah, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to help you out uh, halfway there with a couple of tickets, and we really appreciate you listening. That's hey, fantastic. and Mike, I don't know if you know this, but Circle Brewery, we do a uh, a, a car night uh, yeah. once a month. Uh, check it out on. Facebook, our Speed uh, Speed City Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good, it's a good meet and greet, and it doesn't matter what you drive. If mm-hmm. you don't drive, I don't even take a car there. I got a truck, so I you know I don't show off anything. Sure. But um, it's great to have a beer. Come join us. We'll 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 chew the cud. Definitely, I follow you on all the social media, <laughs> and and uh, definitely Facebook, Twitter. Okay, cool. Um, you guys, you guys, uh, you guys do a great service to the community, to the racing community, and my. I appreciate that. Thank oh, you. Thanks, all Mike. The, all the good work. Yep. Well, we, we appreciate it. We appreciate you listening. Well, hang on the line and let our producer get your info. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Another happy customer. Another. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I just love to hear I, people I, that didn't follow motorsports yeah. that do now. We're converting them one at a time. And you know what he says? The racing community, it, it, it's like Les says, it's always bubbled along. And you know this from living as long as you have here. Um, and there's always, I mean, Texas, they love the cars. Yeah. I mean, you know, they love racing. They love cars. AJ Foyt, uh, Jim Hall. I mean, come on. This has got a huge history as Texas uh, for racing. I mean, IndyCar races in Houston, Dallas, Formula One races. I mean, this has always been, uh, I mean, there, did you know there are s- over 600, whether it be dirt tracks, midget tracks, racetracks huh. in Texas alone? Including drag strips, I would yep. imagine. Yeah. Well, you know, my my I've been a gearhead since the day I was born. I mean, I've I've got I mean, always forever. But I wasn't as much into racing. I mean, I yeah. was I was a drag racer in high school and after that. And like I went out to Skip Barber and took the the open wheel racing just because it was fun. Sure. But I was not a 
a passionate motorsports fan. I always watch Indy 500, and I followed F1. But you were a car guy. I was a car guy, and I would well, you know still up. which you know how many what what percentage of Americans are car guys and gals? A lot. Oh wow. Now motorsports, you know, you've had NASCAR and IndyCar. But, I mean, I think this for sure changed me. I, I was not a huge F1 fan. I was, I mean. And, and, and what I know you said to me, I mean, I, I get a bit, being from Britain and also having been in Formula One or, you know, as a journalist, you kind of get a bit blasé to it. Um, whereas for you, you were just stunned by this sort huh. of internationalism and this conf- confluence of difference uh, compared to, let's say, American racing. Indy is its own thing, and it's it's brilliant in its own way. But Formula One is quite different technology-wise, and even the aspects of the racing, you love the strategy, and I know that that side of it is something you hadn't seen in American racing, certainly not in NASCAR, and it's different in Indy. You know, and I'm still learning Formula One oh, strategy. You know, I've watched... Man, 25 years, I, I'm still I, well, learning. I've, I've watched every single race since 2012. No, before that, since 2011, but there's so much to learn, and, you know, because it, cha- you know, Formula One changes every year too. You know, the rules change, the cars change, the technology changes. You know, whether it's pit stops, fuel, all the everything changes year to year, and so you're constantly learning. But, uh, but I, I think by the way, a- we'll be doing the commentary, of course, at Coda. If anybody's, if anybody's listening, and uh, you got a question to find out of the Formula One weekend, we'll have a mic and we'll be roaming around. We'll be doing the big screen stuff. If you've got a question, we'll go ask it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We're going to be on the mics out there. We're also going to be doing a radio broadcast right here on 1370, like we've done for the last several years. So if you're, yep. you know, if you're in the stands, you can catch it on the stream on the 1370. Well, stream. I think that what people might enjoy is uh, the post. Post-race show. Yeah. Because you can get in your car on the way home and tune in 1370 and, and, and kind of, you know, just get a get a take on what's going on. We'll, we'll hopefully maybe get the odd driver or two. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, but, yeah, that's what we do every year for, I mean, really, for every motorsports event. Jonathan, you were out there working this weekend for the Trans Am And last weekend as well. And last weekend at Rallycross. I did Rallycross last weekend and then uh, time for something completely different, Trans Am this weekend. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Rallycross to Trans Am. That, that is right, isn't it? <laughs> I love that the, the the voice of Trans Am is a Brit. I know, and it's so <laughs> funny cute. that it's I, it, I, even I met uh, Tony Perella, and he goes, "Oh, I heard your dulcet English tones over the Trans Am," and it's funny because. I now know there's a history to this because Lee Diffie used to do Trans Am years ago before. I didn't know that. Yeah, huh. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think there's a sort of energy that they like about it. I don't know. But for whatever reason, uh, now nah, he's an Aussie. But, but you know, I think the, 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 it's just different. And I, I also think that uh, I'm passionate about uh, Trans Am. I love it. I really do. And it goes back to that, uh, you know, the electric thing. I love pure racing. I just love the idea of it being simple. Man, yeah. oh man, beast against beast, engine against engine, and have at it. Yeah. No uh, no computer aids. Well, yeah, it was... It yeah, was... none of this DRS rubbish. <laughs> yeah, it was fun this weekend. We got a couple of interviews from that this weekend, too, that yeah. we're going to play here in a minute. But uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and take our next break and get that out of the way, and then we'll uh, have some of those interviews from Trans Am. You're listening to Speed City, back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. 
You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. You've heard it all before. Save your hard-earned money for a rainy day. But what if you had an extra $1,000 laying around to buy that irresistible infomercial product you came across at 2 a.m.? Well, I am running a little low on flex glue. It's the Big Cash Bribe on Talk 1370. I also need a shake weight, Snuggie. Don't forget some pet eggs. Coming Monday. Listen every hour weekdays between 9 and 5 for your chance to win $1,000 with Talk 1370. This is a national contest. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hi, this is Ryan DeElk, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right. Hey, before we talk Trans Am, he, uh, the producer's getting the clips ready for us. Why don't we talk MotoGP? Because oh, yeah. really, uh, an amazing thing happened today, yeah. this morning. Uh, yeah, when in the Mark early Marquez, hours of this morning. Yeah, Mark Marquez won the championship this year, and that's his eighth championship. And how old is Mark Marquez? Uh, I want to say tw- he's, in, he's still in his 20s. He's he's tw- oh, yeah. He's tw- I've, got a, I've got a little some notes here in my, in my show doc I'm but, looking for. But well, you, you find out how old he is. But let me just wax rhapsodic. Eighth wonder of the world. Eight world titles. Six of them in MotoGP. He won the 125s or Moto3 um, and yeah. the Moto2 championship before that. Um, I mean, what a, I mean, and he's racing against the likes of Lorenzo and Valentino Rossi. I never thought in my lifetime I would ever see a phenom like Valentino Rossi. And he continues to be a Michael Jordan of the sport. But this kid is everything. I mean, he won the race in Thailand this weekend by inches again. But he didn't need to win, you know. Yeah, he didn't have to win to win the championship. But it's the style he does it in. Uh, It's just phenomenal. What you just said is that you didn't think it would happen in your lifetime. In other words, we've all seen Michael Jordan. Yeah. We didn't expect to have another Michael Jordan who's maybe better than Valentino Rossi. I mean, because here are the numbers. So he's 26 years old, right? So he's the youngest ever rider to win. So he's got another 10, at least 10 years. Yeah, at least. But so he's... He's the youngest rider ever to win six premier class titles at the age of 26 years. Won his first first race here? Uh, yeah, exactly. We saw the beginning ah. of the Mark Marquez era right here at Coda yep. in 2013. In, I remember what, interviewing April, him for Fox. April of 2013. Took him to Bubba's. Yep. <laughs> That's what it was. We took him to Bubba's. We took him to Bubba's. It was a rattlesnake <laughs> biscuit or whatever. That's something <laughs> out, yeah. Uh, oh, good but, fun. But Agostini was the next youngest, by the way. Yeah, and what a phenom he was. Marquez is also the youngest rider of all time to reach the milestone of eight world championships, including going all the way back to the. But it's it's his percentage win. You know, I think he's not been on. I think he's been on the podium fourteen times this year, including nine wins. I mean, you know, that, those those stats when you're at the highest level are unbelievable. It's not like the it's not like the competition 
a rubbish, and and he's yeah. just he's not in a weak field of of, of riders. The, the riders he's riding against are awesome. Yeah, these numbers are just insane. So he joined Valentino Rossi and Giacomo Agostini as one of only three riders to have taken six or more premier class world championships. So these he's already at the top of that list, mm-hmm. and he has won all of his motorcycle uh, MotoGP titles riding a Honda. And moves above Mick Doohan as the rider yeah. with the most premier class five. titles with the Japanese manufacturer. Yeah, he had five. Yeah. And, um, I mean, so he has won at least five GPs per season over the past 10 years across three different categories. One, two, fives, Moto2, MotoGP. Beating his own record, he said, over the last couple of years. By I mean, the way, after his win. It just wins, goes on and on like this. And, by the way, he was in hospital on Friday morning. <laughs> I didn't even see that. Yeah, he fell off his bike, and he had to re... That was the other thing. He had a completely new bike uh, and had to have a checkout because he had quite a heavy crash on Friday. Uh, But that's... I mean, you know, when you're 26, you bounce back. And I also love... What I do love about him... uh, Well, I don't know if you watched it, but if you you get a chance, go go look up 8-Ball... 8-Ball Marquez, because his celebrations... His celebrations have been so cool. Uh, And he remains that... He's like a kid. I was about to say that childish exuberance that Rossi's always had, and he's 40. Yes, he still has it. He still has it. And I think that Marquez, that's where he's always had him as an idol, and now they're rivals, and they fell out a few times, but it's all good stuff. Uh, And I love that. I love to see sportsmen be enjoying and living the moment. And, you know, what what do the meditation people say? Live in the moment. And he is. And that's why he's so successful. Well, it's uh, it, it's been so much fun to watch him. It's been amazing to watch him. My favorite... privilege to be here yeah. to watch him as well. Yeah, and, and to see him get his start. And you know what? I think it was maybe his second win here mm. at Coda. What stands out in my mind, and it is just is Mark Marquez, is when he came around turn twenty at Coda. He's just about to finish the race. I mean, just about to win the race. Nobody's even close to him, and he's just totally wild and out of control. The bike is yeah. Is all over the place, and he's just that millimeter close to crashing. I think even bull riders can appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, and, he was doing the he does the full eight seconds every eight seconds, and you could <laughs> you couldn't see it, but you could see it mentally yeah. the smile on his face as he's a you know he's completely out of control. But that's just his style. I'll trump that moment. What about in qualifying? Two minutes to go. His bike conks out. He oh yeah, pa- parks it, runs back, gets on the other bike, gets out, gets past the line with two seconds to go. To do a flying lap, does the flying lap, does the fastest lap of the weekend to Gets take pole. pole. Yeah. That is style. Yeah, and you have to watch that clip. You could probably YouTube, but it is the fact that he ran. He didn't just run. He ran like <laughs> With his the on. whole length of the coda. Yeah, and he's only a little fella. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. I well, love him. Hey, before we leave motorcycles, I want to talk about our sponsor, uh, Ducati Austin. Those, yeah. Those guys have been... Uh, and Ducati, you know, and Ducati San Antonio. That's what I was leading up to. Okay. They, well, we, we talked about it, I guess, a month or so ago. They, they have now taken over the Ducati San Antonio. and Also got I Triumph had, with that as well. Yeah, they got Triumph down there too. But what, what was really cool is that I heard this from one of our listeners that bought a motorcycle from them. Yep. He said uh, that, that he's, he's not always – he hadn't been in Austin all his life. But he said that Ducati Austin is one of those guys that is – just treats like a true small business that's a part of the community. Yeah. And I just had to say this on the air. I mean, they, they, they're paying and they're being on our, they're on our commercial spots every week. 
But when a customer, you know, just goes out of their yeah. way to tell me that, that that's the way they, they, they get treated fantastic every time. And if they ever have a problem, it's taken care of, you know, that traditional small business customer service. And you know what? What I also love about them, it's a really, the, from, the, from the, the engineers, the mechanics, everybody that works there, they are well aware when you walk in the door, they don't go, can this guy afford a Ducati and treat you as such? They go, welcome to the Emporium. Look at these amazing yeah. motorcycles. Let me talk about them to you. In anywhere, this is the scrambler. This is the the Diablo, and and that's what I love about it. You may not have, you know, what it takes to be able to afford one of these absolutely beautiful Italian machines, but boy, can you enjoy an afternoon out there? And they've got fantastic uh, clothing as well. I've got some great boots from them, dude. Uh, they're, got they're shirts. Just, they're just not. I mean, they're not that expensive. I mean, no, and Kathy's always a yarn to go. They're and more than your. <laughs> they're more than your Suzuki Yamaha Honda. But you know, there's plenty of them under twenty grand. Well, and, so. and, and that's the example. I won't use another manufacturer's name, but I've walked on shop floors of other. You know, and you get some sales guy going, well, you know, the one two five and the two fifty or this, and I'm thinking, dude, you don't know who I am, and I've been around motorcycles yeah. all my life, <laughs> and that and that's fine, and I don't go, you know, right, I, you don't ever and say I don't it. pretend I know anything about motorcycles, but the point is, I, you know, I don't need some do good salesman telling me about the pistons on the on the Ducati. I know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, well, sorry for that commercial, but we those guys, are, they're, they're so great. We so we just got to talk about them, but. All right, hey, Jonathan, why don't you set up – we get the first interview I want to hear is Mark Miller yes. from Trans Am. So Mark uh, – so this is a really good story. Mark Miller has been in um, Trans Am a couple, quite, a, quite a few years, hasn't had the success of Rafa Matos, who's been kind of dominating in TA2 for the last couple of years, the Brazilian. But Mark hit the mark this time, <laughs> uh, really did so, and won for Prefix on the 40th anniversary for Prefix, his engine um, – supplier uh, and a great time to win for Dodge too. did it in a Dodge Challenger but he did it in total style today uh, because he only needed to actually cross the start finish to start the race which would have you know basically meant he'd won the championship but more than that he fought all the way with Scott Legacy Jr who was involved in that flipping accident at, um, oh. at Watkins Glen a couple of weeks ago yeah and he won the race, uh, and he did it in style. He was very emotional. He's great to talk to. Anyway, I spoke to him on the podium right after the race, and this is what he had to say. Lunch break. Yeah. Well, Mark Miller, as we sit here, and you did take a deep breath, it is now time to reflect. You are the champion of 2019. Yeah. How did you do it? Oh, now it's starting to hit me, so. Um, I don't know. It's like, never give up. Um, Always have a plan, always have a focus, minimize your losses and mistakes, and uh, when you have things right, you take every advantage of it. And about halfway through the season, we were hanging in there, we were leading the championship, but then Rafa was making a commitment to go for um, fast times, poles, race laps. Detroit, I thought we were in great shape after Detroit. And, uh, it helped that you know, Rafa didn't have the greatest Detroit, you know, I think he was going too hard, and that, uh, that kind of helped us out, but Detroit was really difficult for us, it was our first bad event, um, and after that, we collectively sat down and, and said, here's what we need to change on this car, here's how we need to make it better, and we went to Indianapolis, and we put everything down, and when everyone else was trying different things, we knew exactly what we we're doing to make the car right, and uh, that's the type of racing that I got hungry for. Mid-Ohio was no different. The approach was different. It wasn't playing it safe. 
we were trying to win practice. We were trying to get pole. We were trying to get fastest race lap. We were trying to lead every lap and not rest at all on getting a good points weekend. It wasn't about that. And I forgot about the championship. I really just didn't care. My dad would text me points, and I was like, I just delete. It's like, I love you, Dad, but I, I you know. And um, when I come to the race, I'm here to coach and race. And I really have a tough time because uh, I miss my uh, my wife and my kids, and, and I have to look at it like that. Like I'm coming here to do a job, and I love it. I love the job, but it's still you have to you can't just love something and just like have three beers at night and kick your feet up and watch a football game. It's like, I'm going over data, I'm looking at it, how we can improve, how we can get better. So I think that's how you win championships. And you surround yourself with a great team that has great mechanics and a great work ethic and what they do during the week helps us not have any off time. Like I think one, I missed one session all year and, and it was like kind of a fluke thing. So. When you get in a position like that, it gives you every every bit more opportunity to, to improve. And those uh, the SMR guys really did a great job. Uh, we had great support from Prefix, uh, Prefix companies, not just from the main company, which does a lot more than engine development, a lot more than engine support, but the team that comes to these races to support over half the field with Prefix Power, um, they're there downloading, looking at it, making sure things are right, engines running strong, and it just, it's one less thing to worry about. And uh, I never worried about that Prefix Hemi, not once, all year. I uh, never worried about a DNF because of engine failure, a DNF because of the spark plug wire coming off. Um, never even worried about a DNF on the car itself. I just focused on driving, and that's, I think all of that adds up. That's a long-winded answer, but you know it takes all of that, I think, to win the championship. And you know what? Today is obviously a great microcosm of everything that's gone before, because not only did you win it in style, you were under pressure, you got the pole, it's been a good weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's what makes it worthwhile. I mean, I, this, as far as a storybook goes, the only thing that can make it better is to have my, my uh, Tabitha here and the kids here. That's the only thing that can make it better for me, my family. Having my family here to see this and be part of it because they deserve every every bit of the accolades that in the champagne shower that the team and I get. And to, but to be able to do exactly what I set to do and then have the race like we had with, with Scott, who just overcame so much to be here, just to be here, and then to lead the race and snooker me on the start and then run clean through turn two together side by side. That's what Trans Am racing is like. That's what Trans Am racing should be like every race from every driver. And it, and they should show those replays at every driver's meeting and say, if you want to race, this is how you should be racing. And um, that made me smile. Like, I, had, I was laughing. I, I was like... You know, I'll say it like, damn it, like he got me, he beat me, but I just keep kept pressure on him and I knew where I was stronger and I knew he was trying to keep me behind him and it's hot out here. Cars are going to get sideways and if I, if I didn't make a mistake and he said the same thing when I got in front of him, he goes, you didn't make enough mistakes and I was like, that's what I was trying not to do is make mistakes. And um, we were really closely matched. Um, but I think what helped was the fact that we unloaded fast. Um, I didn't have to learn anything here because I really like this track and I know where, where, what's important. And I've been teaching it to the guys in our trailer all week. 
and um, it really helped the fact that he didn't learn it until like four or five laps in. So um, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was pretty great to stand on the podium. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have really been happier with anything less. Perfect, lovely. Good to talk to you, man. There you go. What a guy. Uh, and sorry, yeah, sorry about the droning commentator in the background, but yeah, they tend to do that. <laughs> but uh, that was, uh, I, I, I love working with Mark. He's a uh, real sleeve, you know, heart on his sleeve kind of guy. God, I can't talk about how hot it was today. It was just, I know all the drivers were saying it too. And track, Hemi, but, your team. Oh, yeah. The Hemi's, man, the pre uh, prefix, those guys make uh, the Hemi crate engines. Yeah. Uh, everything from the, the old classics, four, you know, 427 Hemi's. Up to the modern day classics, you know the modern yeah. Hemi engines. So that, that's a that's a fantastic company that he's working for. So I'm glad he won in a Dodge. So all right, we got to take a break. Let's go ahead and get this in now. And you're listening to Speed City live from Austin. Back after these messages. Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at thecaddyaustin.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk 1370. Hey everyone, I'm Steve Arpin. I'm the Jacob Company's Ford Fiesta for Lone Bro Chip Ganassi Racing. You're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, we're going to continue to talk some Trans Am. Arpino was in, he was on the podium oh, last weekend. That's right, that's Steve right. Arpin. Steve Arpin was here. He's a fun guy. He's yeah. great fun. Uh, we're going to continue Trans Am talk, but, it, but after this, we're going to play one more interview. But after that, we're going to talk some Formula One because they released the, the yes, 2020 I do calendar. Talk about that. Yeah, and, and uh, United States has moved its position. So we're going to talk about that in the, later in the show. But let's go straight into this next interview. Yeah, I, and this is the juxtaposition, if you will. We've talked to the champion. Uh, I want to talk to a rookie uh, and a girl that's doing it on her own with grrr, 
Racing, her own team. <laughs> G-R-R-R Michelle, Racing. Yeah, Michelle Abate, Abate, great girl, and taking it to the boys in, in, in the toughest game of TA2. Uh, I spoke to her about the team and how she got into to racing Trans Am. Great to talk, catch up with you, especially on this special day. Tell us. Yeah, today is a pretty big one for me. It's my 100th career start. Uh, I wouldn't have it any other way to be, be here with Trans Am or TAT car. It's been a dream of mine for a long time. It's my rookie year. And uh, just what a great facility to be at, too. Coda is an amazing place. My first time here, so a lot of learning to do, but looking forward to it. Well, let's talk about how you got to this point. Um, where did you start and how did you get into racing? So I started in club racing. Uh, actually, I started in autocross, but that's that's not really racing in my book, but we don't want to offend anybody. But So I started in autocross, then I did some club racing. I did uh, SCCA US Majors Tour, won a championship there. And then uh, I started to run a GT1 car in SCCA, went to runoffs, got third in GT1 my first year at runoffs, which is really cool last year. And then I progressed into buying my TA2 car and uh, running the West Coast Series. And it's it's my first year in Trans Am. We're learning a lot, but really happy to be here. What is it about Trans Am that attracts you? You know, the first time I got into a tube chassis car, I didn't know what I was getting into, and I didn't know what I was missing. And these cars are just the most, the most fun cars to drive. I always say they're just badass. That's the best way I can put it. Um, I have a lot to learn in the seat, but um, I feel really good, really comfortable. As we have seen, they're super safe, um, and I just I enjoy the power, and it stays cool. You don't have any any kind of turbo or supercharger to create more heat, and it's just a very reliable like program to be in. And the other side of that would be TA2 is extremely affordable in, in a pro racing uh, aspect. So it's just a pleasure to be here, and I'm, I'm very proud of what we've done this year. So tell me a little bit about the learning aspect, because you've got a long winter to think about it. Um, what, what particularly about the driving side of it are you learning? Well, ultimately it's a bigger car than I'm used to and it's more horsepower than I'm used to. So it's almost double what I'm used to driving. And then you've got the, you know, the police and rear end, so there's some finesse there when you're driving that. Um, the, you know, the, the H pattern, sequential gearbox is definitely different than your standard H pattern. And just a matter of balancing the car and being able to, to understand the weight transfer and being smooth with those inputs and then of course being patient when you get on throttle because if you're not patient you're going to be getting sideways which is a lot of fun but it's just not very fast. I interview a lot of women from single seaters to rallycross uh, and all the way up to Danica in the past. Um, is the world changing for women in racing because it's been a misogynic world and, and it's been the biggest story I always get is it it's really hard to nail down sponsors and I can see from your car you've done a really good job but how is it as a woman in racing? You know, I have always said the same thing, and I think it's great. The focus is really high right now on women in motorsports, but I think every driver out there faces the same you know, adversities to getting sponsorship. And I think, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And I've worked extremely hard to get to where I am. And obviously, I'm good racing, and that's the biggest one on the car. So we haven't quite made it yet. But um, I think that, that it's great to see the focus on women. It's great to see the, the progression and the advancement. But I, I don't think... I don't think the struggle is, is as hard as a lot of women say it is. I think it's a matter of what you put into it and, and how you go about it and your results as well. So um, it's a touchy subject sometimes and I'm okay with that, but I, I know where I stand and I'm confident where I come from. And I think that everybody faces that same hard road to get there. And, and I can definitely feel it being the team owner of this car. I'm not driving for anybody but myself. And that's a different sight to see too. So um, I, I love the focus on it, and I hope that I can maybe be somebody that can show, you know, 
what women can do, but I don't think it's it's a full encompassment of, of a, a, a disadvantage or anything like that. Tell us a little bit about that unique side of owning a team, girl racing, and, and how much pressure that puts on you, because you've got to go fast, you've got to get up, but you've got to organize everybody else, and it's it's that's a, a lot to take on. I've, I've noticed, I've learned about myself that I enjoy a very full plate. I don't, if I don't have a full plate, I don't feel like I'm, I'm accomplishing much. So at this point, it's more of like, um, I've, I've done this for a while. I've always kind of managed my own team, um, and it makes it easier to make decisions. You don't have to go to other people and ask if you can do something or partner with somebody. But at the same time, it's a lot of work, and there's a lot that we, we don't know. We don't know a lot about the setup on these cars. We have to lean on our competitors for help and advice, which Transambit has been a great place to be for that. I've actually been more received here than I was in, in club racing, which is kind of pretty cool. Uh, maybe that's because we're not the fastest car out there yet. I think if we start to make our way up, we might not have as many friends. But that's okay, because I'm used to that too. Finally then, uh, what are, it's the 100th race today uh, of, of your career. Um, it's going to be kind of nostalgic, I would have thought, and it's a great circuit to be at. What are your aspirations? I know you haven't got the grid position you want, but what would you be happy with? Well, honestly, I'm always happy with finishing. <laughs> finishing for, for me right now is a big deal. Um, so that's my goal today is to finish, and I think we'll achieve that and more. Uh, if we can make a couple positions on the West Coast side of things, that would be great. I'm definitely focused on the West Coast series, so I have a lot of respect for the national tour, and I don't want to mess anything up for them. So I understand my position on the, on the track, and I understand that, that I respect where they're at, but they need to respect where I'm at too. You know, we're all out there racing. Um, but yeah, as, as for a goal for my 100th race, I'm hoping I can secure the fifth spot overall championship uh, in, in Trans Am West Coast Series. So that's the goal. We're currently seventh. So if we can make up the points to, to take a top five for my first year in Trans Am, that would be amazing. Listening to your enthusiasm, it sounds <laughs> like you're coming back in 2020. Yes, I plan on it. Uh, we're working on some things. The major goal would be to run the national tour, but that's a big step up. So um, right now we're focused on today, and we will um, get the results that, that we do today, and we'll push on forward. But yes, I, I believe you'll be seeing me next year for sure. Best of luck, Michelle. Fantastic, fantastic talking to you, and uh, good luck. Thank you very much. I, appreciate I like her. Yeah, yeah, and you know, hey, no mean feat. I mean, I, I love getting inspiring stories, and she's one of those because she runs the team, yeah. um, and she's an inspiration to, to young girls looking at motorsport, and I wish we could get more women involved in motorsport. I don't understand why not, um, and it's, it's just a history thing, uh, but it's happening. We've got the W Series now, and yeah, great to, great to talk to her. Yeah, it was fun this weekend. It was great. All right, hey, I want to talk and about... And by the way, she did get right through. She started at the back, and she made up three or four places. I don't know if she got the fifth in the in the West title, but, hey, she had a good day. Yeah, she had a good good weekend. Hey, let's talk Formula One calendar, because yes. they released it just in yeah, the yeah. last few days. The 2020 calendar, including all mm -hmm. the test days and everything, but uh, I obviously <clears throat> immediately run down to the first, the, uh, the CODA uh, dates, and I've noticed... Coda and Mexico have swapped for next yeah, year. Yeah, I'm actually pleased about that because we've got a good run-up from Japan on uh, October 11th, and uh, the USA Austin Grand Prix will be uh, October 25th, followed immediately the following weekend um, by uh, Mexico. And I, I like, I, obviously I prefer that uh, because I want it to come here first, um, but I, I do like the back-to-back because, -back again, the focus is on North America yep. uh, and, and Mexico for that that week that's a really strong strong week at the end of october 
Yeah, that's uh, I, 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 you know, the one year we were we were one week apart. I mean, a uh, uh, one race apart, I believe, with Mexico, and it just didn't make any sense. And I mean, the other anybody t- traveling, of course, it makes sense. And and a couple of years ago, we we were followed by Me- uh, by Brazil, and it just you know you lose the sort of impetus. It's kind of like, well, well, do we tune into Brazil? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, we're trying to build it, and I and I, I like the back to back in some way. Yeah, and then the testing at the beginning of the season, they put all the all the dates. You know, we got Barcelona, of course, on my birthday. Ah, February 20th. Yep, there it is. And, of course, we start off with Australia, March 15th. So I, I want to go to Australia but, but, if Speed City, as usual, get the checkbook out. Um, but if not, I'll go to Vietnam. How about that? Yep. But, you know, one thing we hadn't even mentioned this, there's 22 dates on this calendar. That's, yeah, it's a, it's going to be an, it's going to be one of the biggest yeah. seasons ever. Yeah. Is, isn't it going to be the biggest ever? I think it is actually. I'm yeah. pretty sure that is. Yeah. Bernie struggled for a long time. He actually wanted to add dates. And, um, in fact, it could be a well, whole subject we could talk about, um, because, um, there's quite a lot of, uh, argument about this because it means that, that these mechanics especially spend so much time away from their families that they might have to start splitting the, the travel away teams, uh, and almost have, you know, uh, a Ooh, roster. That would be interesting. A rota. Yeah. So that, that you don't have to be on the road. I mean, let's have a look at some of the places. that Look look at that. Well, I mean, can you imagine doing, how about this? How about this? So you live in England, let's say. And then in September, <laughs> on September 20th, you go to Singapore, followed a week later by Russia, Ooh. followed two weeks later by Japan. So then yeah. you got to go home and go back. And then followed by the United States. You go from Japan Holy, to the United yeah. States, then Mexico, then Brazil. Zones? And then Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi do. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, the one on here that makes us 22, Hanoi, Vietnam, April 5th. And that is a brand new race uh, in the capital of Vietnam. And it's a... It's a it's a roller coaster ride. I've seen the track. Uh, I haven't personally seen the track, but I've seen the videos yeah. about it. And it's sort of half street circuit, half. Um, I say half. It's a bit like it's a bit like Azerbaijan um, in terms of that. It's there's some long straights to it, so it's not a it's not like Monaco. Yeah, yeah. But um, but there is two very distinct different sections to it, and I I think it's going to be a blast. I love Vietnam. I've been myself. Uh, I actually did the first. Uh, I did a gosh a a, a, a a, a marathon, a half marathon. All right, we're down to one minute. I, ha- right. I, I had to talk about this article that was in the Haggerty magazine, talking about the case for a Corvette SUV. And you mentioned to me, and I immediately said, you mean like Porsche? Yeah. Because they said it's a great idea. I, I, I think it's a great idea, and I'm a big Corvette fan. Joseph because, Newgarten and get one of them. Well, because if they could produce Porsche SUVs in the quantity, that that's what's really saved Porsche yeah. is the SUV. And don't you think all the other manufacturers, foreign manufacturers, have taken over the SUV market in the States? Yeah, I'd love it. All right, well, we're out of time. I want to talk about that more, but we are out of time. Check us out on our website. Listen to us on Formula One weekends, pre and post, national. Go to speedcitybroadcast.com to find all the information. Imagine you're a Dragons and imagine pink. And you can be there in a few weeks. <laughs> all right, talk to you all next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.